This is Continua. We're guided by music and grounded in science. Journey with us as we explore the intersection of music and health. We're diving into discussions with professionals and creatives. We're sharing information and giving you conversations to motivate you along your health journey. I'm Chloe Livray. I'm Aliyah Abdullah. And And you're you're listening listening to The Continua Podcast. This is Alicia Huston, (laughs) a.k.a. Oh, Houston. Excuse me. Houston. That's okay. That's why we do it. Houston, (laughs) a.k.a. Aaliyah's godmother. (laughs) So, yes, everyone, my amazing, talented, intelligent, vibrant, radiant godmother is on our podcast with us to talk about neuroscience and tying that into what we're doing, where we're going, um, how your brain functions. She articulates stuff so well um, where it honestly you can you can visualize it just based off her words with what that. she's articulating. So Oh, I'm so excited oh, to you. dive into this. And she's spicy just like me. So you'll get <laughs> you'll get you some flavor. <laughs> you'll get some flavor and some culture with, with the science and the facts. Yes. <laughs> Factoids. No other way to be, right? Yes. <laughs> well, Science, but make it fun. <laughs> always, always. That is a fabulous introduction. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Alicia. Alicia. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, my gosh. Alicia? Mm-hmm. Yes. I butchered, I butchered your first and your last name. It's all good. Alicia Houston. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think you fully there said you her name to me. me. I think you always just say Godmom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah, that's probably why. Well, now I know. Now I, now I have it down. <laughs> All good. Um, Alicia. Yes. Houston. (laughs) Yes. Can you tell us, in your words, what the definition of cognitive cognitive neuroscience is? Oh, absolutely. And so I am a very, um, I'm very much a word person. I believe words create. And I believe that in order to understand what we are creating, we want to understand what that word means, right? So neuroscience is a combination of two words, neuro and science. So let's break that down. So We've heard a lot about science. I am a STEM girl. I have a background in biology is where I began. And so science is a systematic study. And so that's what the word science means. That's why we have statistics and things within science that show us empirical data. Now let's break down the word neuro. Neuro is a compilation of the nerves that are within our body and the nervous system. So we know our nervous system runs throughout the body. It helps us with uh, breathing. It helps us our heart and it helps us with all of these unconscious functions that our body has to do in order to keep us alive. So neuroscience is the physiology of our nervous system through systematic study. And so cognitive, you know, that word is cognitive neuroscience is a sub field of neuroscience. So there's different types of studies in the realm of neuroscience. So cognitive studies in that realm is a subdivision of the word neuroscience. And so, like I said, I have a, I studied in, studied biology. And so it's a biological process. So that's what the cognition is a biological process. So cognitive neuroscience is really the study that talks about achieving peak mental performance. Mm-hmm. So that's what cognitive neuroscience is. 
pink mental performance. Yeah, which is yeah. What pink we're mental performance to, to yeah. match with about the physical. your nervous system mm-hmm. through a systematic study. Boom. Yes, yeah. that was like, <laughs> extremely well explained. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. Wow. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wait, this is so yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, and I, yeah, go, go for it. Oh, my quick question is, um, so with that understanding of what cognitive neuroscience is and the, I guess, mental stimulation that happens through our day-to-day basis, what parts mm-hmm. of our brain are active when we're listening to music? So, you know, we have numerous parts of our brain that are active. So as you know, we have a left and right hemisphere. Our left Mm -hmm. brain is really our uh, statistical brain. That's our structured brain. Our right brain is our creative brain. And our right brain actually is if if we to di- we are to dissect the nerves within our right brain, they actually go within our body at a deeper level than the nerves in our left brain. Mm, so wow. the creativity that we experience when we will hear music or we'll hear exercise or people that are very artistic in other ways, whether they express themselves except themselves through fashion, that we tend to we tend to engage our right brain our left brain is bringing it all together, right? So as we are experiencing music, we may, so let's let's just say that you ladies are taking me into the studio and you're like, okay, so we're gonna work on a few things. The first thing that's gonna engage is my left brain. So I'm like, okay, one, two, three, one, <laughs> two, three, right? I gotta get it, I gotta get the moves down. Right. Then as I begin to just feel and let myself go, I then begin to engage that right side, Mm -hmm. that creativity. I begin to let go from the left side of trying to be so connected to the structure and that right brain, that creativity, that space of memories, right? That come in, that make me feel good as I'm moving. All of that begins to engage my senses. So now my um, my my hippocampus in the middle of my brain is being engaged. Ooh, the memories are coming back. Mm. Like, oh, what does this remind mm. me of? Maybe there's a move, maybe there's a particular lyric. So the science of music and movement is really multifaceted and we don't understand how beautiful it is. That's why we see how movement heals in in healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. We'll see how music will just bring people together because it incorporates a different part of our brain and it allows us to just relax and come together in one consciousness. It's not from a space of judging it's from a space of being and existing Mm -hmm. and that is what the brain really is it is it just is and there's so much that we don't know but there's a lot that we do know so as we are engaging in movement in music in structured movement or abstract movement, whatever it is, we then begin to engage different senses within ourselves that begin to invite other opportunities of memory, of creativity, of aha moments, of epiphanies, Mm -hmm. and of complete release. It's a beautiful space to be in. You know, it'd be really cool to see visually is if um, 
based on the music that you're listening to, like you're if you're listening to some new Travis Scott that just came out or <laughs> versus classical music, like what mm -hmm. the brain actually looks like. When yeah, that happens. yeah. So MRIs are available with that showing how different regions of the brain can light up with a variety of different types of music. So you can see um, MRIs, <laughs> you know, the, the, the imaging mm -hmm. to show the different lighting up in the brain with different music, with um, that's what pictures do when we see pictures of loved ones or people that may um, cause us angst. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. I have a question. So mm -hmm. I have a, an extremely surface level of knowledge of the brain because I, you know, sports med, I had a, one anatomy class with one section being about the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. Very, I love it. Very small. But I did learn about um, the three phases of learning. Mm -hmm. So the cognitive, associative, and then autonomic. Yes. So where, like, how does um, learning a new movement how does that play into what you were saying about mm -hmm. um, uh, left side of the brain working first yeah. and then going yeah. into the right side of the brain? So what I would say first is that's that cognitive piece. We're mm -hmm. trying to understand it, right? So we're introduced to a new movement mm -hmm. possibly or, or something new, a, a new piece right. of music. So we're, we're, we're incorporating that into the body. We're taking that in. So that's that left brain. That's that... that structured brain. So mm -hmm. that's the cognitive being really online. Mm -hmm. And then we will move into a piece that we find where it belongs within us. So that's, so the first part that's being incorporated really is your, your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. That's your, that is the biggest part of your brain. Also fun fact, women's prefrontal cortex is 20% bigger than males so that is your ceo function your executive function where really now yes mine yes. must be huge really now <laughs> yes your intuition your ability to problem That's solve fascinating. and pivot yes um and women also have more emotional centers in their brain than men have. So well, we all knew that, right? <laughs> that's just a side note. But yes, yeah, so so the music, so it starts in the left brain, right? Your 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 left brain and it works its way through the brain as far as, okay, now we're in this space of autonomic. Like mm -hmm. now we're in a space of, oh, it makes sense. It feels good to me. And it becomes in, incorporated. And that really engages kind of that hippocampus area again. Mm -hmm. um, that's the emotional brain, the limbic system that then comes online and we begin to see how does this make me feel? How mm -hmm. do I want to move? So then it becomes, so now we'll shift into that, as you said, the autonomic portion of the brain, that's the right side where we're just allowed to be ourselves and to be free. So the initial introduction, we all have to understand. I mean, if you hear some new music, you're like, do I like this or do I not like this song? Yeah. So there's yeah. that first piece because yeah. we're trying to figure it out, right? right we're trying right. to, where do I want to classify this? Then we're like, oh yeah, I like mm -hmm. this, you know? And then we're free to, ooh, this reminds me of, ooh, I hear this other beat. Ooh, I can do this. Right. So that's where, that's how we kind of move through from the piece of introduction into really embodiment okay mm -hmm. that's so interesting it's so, it, it's so dependent this is so dependent on on kind of what you're doing because in in the training world mm -hmm. like we're taught to 
keep our clients in the more so the cognitive slash associative phase and not mm-hmm. really in the autonomic mm. or auto- you got it oh no I'm, now i is it autonomic stage yeah autonomic okay okay i only blanked because i'm like wait but the autonomic nervous system too hold on wait <laughs> Now all, all these terms, yeah. Now all these terms are coming into my head, but yeah, yeah the um because we want to keep. Well, this is what I've learned, and you tell me if this is wrong. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this might be out of my keeping, realm. Um, you know, keeping our clients um introduced to new movements and new things so that their mm-hmm. brains can always be on. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if they're in the autonomic oh. stage, you know, the whole time then their brains are kind of turned off and they're yes. not the patterns aren't really sticking. Yes. Is that is interesting? That right? You know, so here's the thing with exercise, why exercise is so beautiful for our brain as well is because it releases the dopamine, the oxytocin and the serotonin. Mm-hmm. But it also the beauty of exercise is it allows our brains, it should allow our brains to also go offline. Mm. Don't always want to be in a space of cognitive thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't always want to be thinking about something. I don't always want to be on. Mm-hmm. And we need to allow our brains that time to process. So so interesting in the world of, you know, f- physical fitness that you're that that the training is to keep the brain always thinking, moving to a new movement, right. keeping it on edge. Mm-hmm. And where we really want to be is kind of a combination of two because we can begin to develop those that that left brain into a new movement and that keeps things it keeps us I'll say uh not becoming complacent with right. with mm-hmm. with movement and right. what we're learning and what we're doing and it keeps us excited and engaged mm-hmm. But we also want to move to a place where it can be autonomous with our movement and our body and our brain, because it then allows our brain to go offline a bit Mm -hmm. and to really, and for us, when we're done to just have some new epiphanies, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure both of you have worked out before, or you have engaged in some type of physical activity and then you were just in it and then you were done or something, or even in the middle, you go, oh my gosh, that's it. You've right. gotten some new epiphany. <laughs> Enlightenment. Oh, absolutely. Oh my yes, gosh. Yes, you just every yeah. run on every yeah. run. <laughs> every run, that's how right? I but you're running. Music. That's that's uh, that's automatic. Mm-hmm. You're right. not online. Right. You're not right. in your left brain thinking. Okay, wait. Let me put my left foot now. My right foot. Right. Oh, let me breathe. Let me tell my eyes to blink. You're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You are in the moment, and that is allowing your brain to go offline, mm-hmm. to rest and inviting it into creating something new, cre- finding that solution. It allows that right brain to go deep within that hippocampus and find the solution that you've been seeking where you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's it. I know it. That's the and then answer. you're like, yes. So, so there's that's value so in utilizing both sides right of the brain. right so Definitely. our listeners get um a little insight into you chloe and i were talking about how we experience music which actually mm. is very different um oh. so we have that question for you um so for example for me as a dancer what i was telling her at first is that when i listen to music and i'm doing movement the music dictates the music 
or not the music, but the music just dictates the movement that I'm doing. And I feel like I lose myself in the music. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that her experience is the opposite. Where I, I don't hear the music. Right. <laughs> the music is almost like it's, um, what's the word I'm looking like for? Like white noise? Yeah, white noise. It's, it's complete Ooh. white noise for me. And I'm just in my body. Like it's as if I'm not listening to music, but I know it's there, but it's yeah. I'm not hearing it. Like okay. I hear I don't hear anything. Like I don't yes. hear people, I don't hear music. I it's yeah. It's just me, yeah. myself, and my breath and <laughs> that's so it. So we're wow. curious if, if we were to ask you how do you experience music, what would you say? So I experience music as I, it it dictates my mo- movement, but I can also so I am not a dancer. So I don't experience music the same way you do, Aaliyah. Right. And and so what we all have to understand is our lens in life. Our lens really dictates how we experience a lot of things. We see the world through our own lens. Mm -hmm. So Chloe, you being trained in the realm of physical, physical fitness, you've been trained. So you have neural networks within your brain that pick music up a certain way, that pick movement up a certain way, that pick up just being in your body a certain way. Mm -hmm. That is unique to you. So this is really very similar to just DNA, Mm -hmm. your DNA, your unique DNA. Yeah. So you can't, so you can help people have different experiences and you can show them different ways to experience music and movement. Mm -hmm. But ultimately they're going to experience, have their own experiences, right? So if you think of a glass of wine, you know, you may experience it one way. Chloe, Aaliyah, you may experience it one way and I may experience it a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the beauty of us having our own unique brains mm-hmm. and having our own unique neural networks and our own experiences, our own upbringings. Right. And so we are all going to experience things differently, but the beauty is being able to share the different gifts with the world so that they get a glimpse and get to have a tangible piece of what it means to them. Mm-hmm. So I am not, as I said, I am not a dancer. We look at Alvin Ailey and they are just magical, right? I'm like, oh, if only I could move like that. I hear people sing and I said, oh, if I could sing like that, mm-hmm. the world would be in trouble. You know, <laughs> so it's just all of these, these pieces that we can experience and we can appreciate, but we may not apply them the same way. So that's I how that. I would answer that. Yeah. I love that. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when so when we are are not our <laughs> when we are <laughs> training slash listening to music, mm. um, this is what I think I read this somewhere that something turns off in our brains, and so that's why people are more likely to share things with you as they're working <laughs> out rather than not. Mm-hmm. Spill what, the tea. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't remember what it is. Is it the prefrontal cortex? It's probably your t- prefrontal cortex. Okay. I would. I mean, that makes sense just neurologically okay. and 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 just logically that the prefrontal cortex, your your higher thinking, your higher right. rational brain, turns off, and you 
settle in, as you said, you just get into your body and it gives you the ability to create a space of trust, mm-hmm. right? So basically that oxytocin is being, and, and serotonin, those are relationship uh, hormones. Those are trust hormones. Mm-hmm. So those are being secreted from the brain and it's allowing a space of trust, compassion, transparency, openness. So this is what, this is why it is imperative that we do get movement in, that we do listen to things that stimulate our brain and stimulate different thought processes. So I would absolutely say it is the prefrontal cortex that kind of goes offline. It disarms and And also your amygdala, because your amygdala is what keeps you triggered. That keeps Mm. you on. That's your emotional brain. And it keeps Mm. you protected. So I would venture to say that your amygdala is disarmed. It goes offline. It allows for a space of more trust and more honoring. And so I'm sure, and then that's, that's the part of our brain that when we are, when we are put upon or we are betrayed, that amygdala then becomes engaged and we lose the, we, we lose, we lose the opportunity and the ability to trust so easily. Mm -hmm. And so I would guarantee it's the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. That's so interesting to to view it that way, right? Like of Mm -hmm. just thinking of life experiences and emotional experiences. Um, I mean, just to share a little, you probably already know between Chloe and I, Chloe is definitely of the two of us more open and Mm -hmm. I'm the more like garden. So maybe I'm the amygdala queen in (laughs) in this situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, This is where experiences. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way. Like I think from a very visceral standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the amygdala is your space of fight or flight. It is what you, can I trust you? Oh, wait, no, no, no. This, my hippocampus is telling me I've been hurt before Mm. when I've allowed someone into this space. So I'm just going to be guarded. So it is an opportunity for you ladies in the work that you're doing to begin to help people have a different relationship Mm -hmm. with themselves and with others. It's very powerful, the work that you're doing. It's a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. So um, we do have another question for you. What would you say is your favorite music genre or era of music? Oh, honey. Keep it 100. (laughs) Keep it real. She said the nineties. Nineties. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. In (laughs) Vogue and Tony Braxton and Mint Condition. What? That is real music. Look, Key Sweat. (laughs) Is that is that the music that you work out to? You know what? I will. I do a combination. So I. So to answer your question, yes and. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I need a little little humpity hump. You yep, know what I'm yep, saying? Yep. So I might need <laughs> Heard, a little, you know, hurt. ratchet. A little something in there. Might need to throw a little ratchetness Aim. in there. <laughs> and so you know, so I'll I'll mix it up. But I do. I work out to '90s music, honey, and I get it. You know, I girl, don't play with me. Yeah, her, her, and my mom. Like I love you, that. You can just I can just tell you when music's going. <laughs> they're the party. I love yes. it. And yes, the, and then it's yes. always like you don't know nothing about this situation, right. as though I haven't been sitting and watching them. Oh do my this. gosh, that's <laughs> what my, my my mom does that all the time. <laughs> yes. all the Listen. time. Y'all don't know nothing about this. That is, that's her <laughs> phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Too oh funny. Goodness. Yes. 
I love music though. I love music. I love um, the memories, you know, that come with that. And I love the the new parts of, of what is created when listening to 90s music in 2020. It's mm-hmm. really powerful. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's like almost, it makes me think of this my favorite word I've been going to is audiotopia of kind of like a memory capsule of when I hear very specific songs. It takes me back to a specific time or situation or just even feelings or emotion. I I think that I had at that time. Um, I think the most recent one, not an emotional deep song by any means, but um, (laughs) what is it? The, is it say I, I, or yeah, I can't even remember what the actual title of the song is. Either way, it's by the Ying Yang oh. Twins. Oh, and yes. Yes. It, like, it was like the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Do you Wait, know what I'm talking about? I am blanking. No. Oh, man. Okay. I, I, know, I don't know the name. Listen, I don't know the name of a lot of songs, but I know just the lyrics. <laughs> oh, that's me too. But <laughs> either way, the song came on and to like, I literally was up for... 20 minutes just dancing around my room yeah. super super happy and smiling because it just yeah. made me feel like I was in middle school again mm, it made you remember mm, yeah, yeah it made me remember <laughs> this one yes <laughs> hey here it goes say ah yeah 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 not about this song oh. oh. hey let's go hey 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 yeah too yeah. bad this podcast oh wasn't a video. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm, I forgot about that That's song. fantastic. Yeah. I actually have never heard that song before. Oh, oh we're going to have so but many that, dance parties. Oh, Chloe, absolutely. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. But it's so true. It's so true. Every time I listen to anything that my parents exposed me, like music-wise, to when I was younger, mm. where I, I go immediately to... My mom doing dishes in the kitchen, See? singing Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. And like me kind of like bugging her. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like, we're in the kitchen in our house in Monrovia. I just go mm. immediately to that scene. It's wow. so interesting every time. And I and I have like a massive smile on my face. I'm yeah. like, yes. man, those See? were Easy, Memories. easy times. Right. Yeah. Great times. Right. Great, Great times. times. Great times. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could probably even get a smell. Like you get a you mm. have a sensory um reaction as well. Yeah, that's the hippocampus. It allows us wow. Those long-term memories that that we can just re-engage with because of music or a smell somewhere. It's it's such a gift. And that's your nervous system. That's neuroscience. Wow. Yeah. How does yeah. that impact um lifestyle changes? So knowing that Chloe and I are in the motivation and behavioral mm-hmm. space of what we're trying to give the world as yeah. our gift. Um how does our perception impact our ability to connect with new mm. lifestyles? Like if someone's planning to be a, a little bit healthier, you know what I mean? Okay. Or yeah, I do. transition over into a yeah, healthier quote unquote lifestyle. Like Yeah, I love that question. And and I'm on that journey now, so I can appreciate this where you are. And I had to tap back into what I know, right? Sometimes we know things mm-hmm. and it's like our nose. We just look past it on our face. It just, but we tell everybody else, but we don't tell ourselves. So I can speak to this very um, clearly in this moment because I had to kind of bring myself back full circle. So what we have to understand is that the University of London let us know very clearly, 
it is 66 days for a new habit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's research on that. And so what that means in the human experience is that we have to create new neural networks. So if I have a neural network that I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is eat some chocolate, like I'm not just going to necessarily just forego that, um, immediately. So I might have some days that I forego it and it's gone. And then other days I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this chocolate. You know, so as we are creating new habits for ourselves and a healthier lifestyle, we number one have to give ourselves grace, Mm -hmm. understand that we are living a human experience, Mm -hmm. but we have to always remain reminded about where it is we're desiring to go. Meaning we have a reticular activating system within our brain and it's embedded deep within our brain. And we are embed- we are bombarded with 60,000 thoughts a day. So with that reticular activating system, I'm clear. So, you know, you probably have your individuals get clear on their goals. What is their, what, what would they like to create for themselves? So we want to engage with those goals daily, sometimes three times a day, sometimes five times a day, sometimes just having it right here. Like, Oh, let me, let me remind myself why I'm doing this. So we we're creating a new habit. We're creating a new lifestyle because we're reminding our brain what it is we are truly desiring to create. And that then will empower us to kind of push through. And sometimes we'll slip and sometimes we'll fall, but that will will say, okay, let me get up, dust this off and keep going. So it's 21 days to begin to step into that new habit, right? So it's that's where 21 days comes mm. from. It steps into that new habit, that new creation, but it's 66 days for our body to say, ooh, wait a minute, I miss getting my, lifting some weights. I guess mm. miss getting that movement in. So as you are working with people, as we are all working on ourselves to create a new habit, whether you know it's to read more or, or study something more or get more movement, we have to number one, have grace with ourselves. And then we have to number two, really understand that it is a it's a process within our brain. So we talk about willpower, it's really a neural process to create a new neural pathway to have a desire and the ability to do something different consistently. Mm. This is so, oh, oh my gosh, I'm loving this conversation so much, <laughs> so much. Every Everything that I've, I mean, I've never had explanations for things because I'm not a neuroscientist, but you're mm-hmm. just, you are saying everything that I've thought of. <laughs> yeah, right? But in like the best with, with like the best explanations ever. She articulates <laughs> herself yes, so you well. Are so, yes, yeah. truly, truly. Thank you. Thank um, you. What is your take on visualization? How powerful mm. do you think visualization is? And do you think it, it actually changes mm-hmm. um, things in your brain? Okay. So uh, great question. So, you know, we have, we've seen affirmations. We see vision boards, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a yes and no. Listen, we cannot just will something into be. We can't just have a, we can't just say, I'm a millionaire. You know, they'll say, say, I'm a millionaire 50 times a day. (laughs) If that was the case, we'd all be (laughs) multimillionaires, right? Like all over the world. What it does though is so, and then, so here's the yes part to that. Mm -hmm. Give ourselves a North Star. 
with the affirmations, with the vision board. We begin to see what's possible. We begin to train our brain, which then in turn trains our actions to Mm. obtain that end result. So if I say, I want to have a $50,000 month this month, I know I can't be over here at the bar hanging out, you know, five days a week. It's like, does that action really correlate to that North Star, that end result I'm looking to create? So the affirmations and the vision board absolutely are imperative because we must be clear Mm -hmm. on where we desire to go Mm -hmm. or else we'll fall for anything. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be clear on where we're going. But what we also have to be willing to do the second part to that and the third and the fourth and the fifth part Mm -hmm. is putting in the actions, disciplining yourself to get and obtain that end result. If I want to lose 20 pounds, I can't keep eating chocolate every morning. I have to begin to discipline myself and align with that North Star. And I love chocolate, by the way. So (laughs) So it's almost as if like the visualization or the vision board is your accountability partner. (laughs) Yes. And it speaks to that reticular activating system, the RAS Mm -hmm. within your brain that begins to convict you. Right. You know how you get convicted? You're like, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this right now. (laughs) You know, and then you have, then then that's the the angel devil right on each shoulder. (laughs) Because the beauty of life is we have free will. We have choice. Right. But we get convicted And then we have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And so this is why we cannot fall into a space of victimization because we all have free will to create something different. Yes. I have a chocolate recommendation for you, by the way. It's called Honey Mama's. They're so bomb. Oh, didn't I? I told you about them too. Yes. Uh, Did you say Honey Mama's? Honey Mama's. Oh, I love the name. I'll bring some <laughs> when I come see you. They're, they're so good. And it's minimal ingredients. Okay. So Girl, yes. it's fire. It's great. You speak into my soul. Plugging Honey Mama's here. <laughs> the name, I mean, the, right. the name is great. Sponsor us. Right, exactly. Yes. Shout out Honey Mama's. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> so um, what impact do you aim to have through your practice and with your clients as we're moving our way into the, the end of our sad journey of our, our podcast closing? Make me cry. So what I have realized along this journey of <laughs> evolution is that it is really this creative process, right? Like your life is a creative process and a creative process sometimes is painful. Sometimes it's amazing, but it's always revelatory. It Mm -hmm. always has a meaning, every piece of it. So over my journey from owning a biotech company, which was my space at that time, to really discovering my love for neuroscience because I was doing a lot of research with Alzheimer's and dementia patients and things, um, and then moving into this space where I understood to understand how the brain really affects every part of our life in social responsibility, in bias, in equity, in inclusivity, and mm-hmm. in all things of the world. So my mission in life is to really speak with leaders and organizations to help them understand that in order for us to have a world of quality where we all can operate with honoring one another, the differences and the similarities, 
is to connect our hearts and our minds. See, the brain is very powerful, but so is the heart. The heart gives us vision. Mm -hmm. The brain gives us power, right? It empowers us to do things, but the heart really gives us this vision. And so my true mission is to connect the hearts and minds of leaders within organizations, within their own communities, so that we can all together create a more powerful impact in this world and do the beautiful work that we were divinely put here to create. Love that. I love Amen that. to that. And to kind of top this off, because you even <laughs> said the word. Right, she did in, say the word. She said the word. In your amazing speech. <laughs> what is your definition of journey? Mm, you know, it is just journey is expansion. It's expansion on what you know and what you don't know, what you never thought was possible, what you never saw coming, and what you all look back and appreciate. So journey is a continuous unfolding, and it's a continuous opportunity Ooh. to be called into more, as well as invite <laughs> others into their truth. Yes. Wow. Snaps all around. I Felt mean, that one. A word. Absolutely. A it's word. Real. So how can our I listeners love that. find you? Journey is expansion. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I love it that. Is. Thank you. It's real. So you can find me on every platform with my name, <laughs> Alicia Houston. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I can't do all this stuff that you young people do all this other stuff. There's so many platforms. How many, like a hundred? I don't know. But those are my I'm three I'm on those platforms. three and those three only as well. Right. <laughs> yes. Those are the three I play on. Okay. Yeah. For Love spelling it. clarification, A-L-Y-C-I-A space. H-U-S-T-O-N. Alicia yes, Houston, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Continua Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our Continua experience or have any questions based on the topic of this episode, DM us on Instagram at the Continua. Journey with us.